Welcome to another episode of A Cali Green Monster Show. It's January 28th, 2021. It's another chilly morning in San Diego. Yeah, I've been living here for almost seven years, and I always feel like there's a week in January where the weather will consistently dip to like high 30s, low 40s. And I know the rest of the country you might be thinking that's a warm day in January, and I'm normally warm day in January, but for us Californians, that's uh, we are not built for that, and we are not, you know, that is, to us, a cold day means, oh, crap, I got to wear some socks. So uh, I figured that the week, this week was going to be maybe a slow sports week, you know, because there was no football going on this weekend. And let's be real, if there's no football going on this weekend, there's no sports Sorry, NHL. Sorry, NBA. Sorry, any Major League Baseball breaking news. But, um, you know, America is football. Football is America. But, um, you know, I feel like there's enough stuff. And especially in the football offseason, we're going to have to get, you know, we're going to start covering a little bit more basketball because, hey, this is a basketball show. It can be a basketball show. You know, we're going to have our obligatory Red Sox talk because, hey, we're a baseball show, and uh, you know we'll talk about uh, anything that's interesting, you know. So, um, but even though it might be a slow week in the football world, I don't know if that's why this morning when I was coming in to record this, it, this was considered breaking news on my Bleacher Report app. But I assumed that it was already kind of common knowledge based on what everyone was talking about. But it's the news that Deshaun Watson had officially put in his request for a trade. And this breaking news is coming after the news of last night that the Houston Texans have hired the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator as their head coach. Uh, apparently, the his trade request has nothing to do with this hiring, and I guess it was because it was put in, um, you know, weeks prior. So I guess that's official. So you know, not only does Matty Stafford from the Lions are they going to be looking for trade partners for him? Um, but Deshaun Watson as well. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what what each team is going to demand for each of these players because, you know, Matty Stafford is a really good quarterback. Um, a lot of people think of him as very underrated. You know, ESPN always likes to point out the Patrick Mahomes no-look throw and a lot of really great – a lot of things that Patrick Mahomes does. But, uh, you know, especially listen to Pat McAfee's show and a lot of other people who've been talking up Matty Stafford. It's like he's been doing a lot of these things as well. But there's only so much you can do when you're work, you're playing for a really trash organization, an organization that wouldn't even give Calvin jo- made Calvin Johnson pay back his bonus money after all the Calvin Johnson did through all those crappy years with those Lions teams. Um, so, but even with Matty Stafford being considered maybe an underrated, really good quarterback. Um, he's still not going to, his price tag is not going to be nearly as high as what Deshaun Watson's is. Deshaun Watson's 25 years old. 
Um, if you go all the way back to a Cali Green Monster show number one, when I was ranking quarterbacks that I would start an NFL franchise with, Deshaun Watson was number two behind only Patrick Mahomes. That guy, you know, he's been described by people that um, have coached him and played with him that you know he should, he's the Michael Jordan of football. And a lot of times when you watch him, you can believe it because there's times where he just keeps Houston in the game. Um, there's times where it's like he seems like it's a for sure sack, and then he hits a 50-yard bomb. He's got an arm. He's got elusiveness. Uh, he's everything you'd want in a quarterback. I mean, even in the last game of the season, Houston only won four games this season. They had nothing to play for in Week 17, and they were playing against a Tennessee Titans team that really needed a win for playoff position. And they gave every – Deshaun Watson put Houston on his back and basically – Brought that game though. It took that game. That, that was a game that should have been a Tennessee stomping, but it went into overtime and Tennessee barely winning. So, you know, Deshaun Watson is someone that he's there. The Houston Texans, they're going to need multiple first round picks, possibly some second round picks, and maybe even a player. Because the thing is with Deshaun Watson, you're looking at a guy that if he continues to be the type of player he's been through his first couple years, um, how he you know, he was an elite player at Clemson. So if he continues on that trajectory, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if you look at first round picks, you know, a lot of first round picks don't hit. So I, there's almost no scenario where trading away Deshaun Watson is going to benefit the Houston Texans. And, and Houston has already been on the shit end of a couple bad trades. So, you know, there's the Laramie Tunsil trade with the Dolphins where they gave up valuable draft picks. And now after this trash season that they have, they don't even get the opportunity to draft high. The Dolphins get that opportunity. And then they got fleeced for De uh, DeAndre Hopkins with one of the, honestly, one of the worst trades I think I've ever seen. I think people still, um, you know, Bill O'Brien was given the nickname Billy O. Stooge by Pat McAfee show and the boys. <clears throat> and it's true. <clears throat> you know, Houston, a lot of their problems are stemming from a couple of those bad trades. And even though those were terrible trades, I'm almost any way you dice it, Deshaun Watt, trading away Deshaun Watson is going to be a bad trade. I don't see any scenario in which trading away Deshaun Watson is going to be good. Um, I want to definitely go into a deeper dive into the prospect of where Matty Stafford might go, where Deshaun Watson might go. I want to go... Yeah, I want to go deeper into it in a future episode, but um, quick, you know, there's there's a lot of teams that do need quarterbacks this year. Off the top of my head, Indianapolis Colts, 49ers are apparently going to be looking for a quarterback. There's rumors that the Rams aren't too happy with Jared Goff, even though Jared Goff has a really big contract, so he'd be hard to move on from. And the New England Patriots, so um, look for those teams to be brought up a lot in the next couple of weeks in terms of these quarterbacks, and um, I definitely want to be able to um, you know, look at these teams' cap situations and kind of give you a better, more accurate prediction of who I think will, you know, make moves for these guys. Um, another football topic that I saw discussed last night on the internet, I think it was, you know, just before we move on to some NBA talk. What? NBA talk? Yeah, dude, we're going to talk some basketball today. But before I do, you know, there's a lot of people that were mentioning that Tom Brady switched to the NFC because he understood that the road to the Super Bowl and the AFC was going to go through Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't look and the Chiefs don't look like they're going to be losing anytime soon. 
However, I mean, I know that this is more of like meme fodder and just like the media talking because there's nothing else to talk about. There's no games to talk about this weekend. So, hey, we got to just talk about every little thing about especially Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. You know, we're going to talk about both of these guys a lot over the next uh, week and a half. So, but when you look back, it's kind of hard to forget. It, it's it's almost weird to remember that there was almost no market for Tom Brady. You know, when, he, when he hit free agency, there was a lot of speculation like, okay, that there's no way he's going to leave New England. But if he were to leave New England, there was rumors about, oh, maybe the 49ers will make a move for him. You know, he's from the Bay Area and the 49ers felt like, you know, a lot of people thought that, you know, Jimmy G, he came up short in the Super Bowl, missing a, a big pass late in the fourth quarter of that game that could have won the 49ers the game. Um, so there was a thought that maybe Tom Brady would be the, enough to get the 49ers over the hump. There was thought that maybe the Chargers, who needed a quarterback with Phillip Rivers moving on, um, would make a move for Tom Brady, and Los Angeles probably being good for the TB12 brand and warm weather. But that didn't seem to make sense either, because if they're moving on from Phillip Rivers, I don't know why you bring in an older quarterback. Um, with the Colts, there was rumors that, hey, maybe Tom Brady would go to the Colts, but like a lot of stuff was coming out that the Colts weren't even interested and that Phillip Rivers was their first, was the first choice. And then there was even talk that, you know, since Indianapolis Colts is known for Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning statue, that Jim Ursay didn't even want to bring in Tom Brady just because, if you, you know, you don't want to have two potential goats as a legacy. I don't know if that's it. I think that's just more like people speculating and like, you know, just fun to talk about. But, uh, you know, that's why when, when Tampa Bay – uh, became the lead candidate. It almost became, it was, it was not just like Tampa Bay and another team or Tampa Bay and even Tennessee with Mike Rabel. It literally was just like, no, it was just Tampa Bay. So it wasn't like Tom had these options and he had a bunch of AFC teams. Like I said, the, like the Chargers or Tennessee or the Colts, like knocking on his door. It seemed like it was Tom, Tampa Bay. Um, see, I almost just called it Tampa Bay. It was just, you know, I feel like, you know, Tampa Bay was the only team, I think, that gave him a real offer. And let's be real, it was the best place for him. You know, it's like literally the the, T, the city's initials is TB, Tom Brady. It's perfect for his brand. It's warm weather. And there was a team that was filled with weapons that was just ready for a quarterback to, you know, not turn the ball over 30 times while trying to get production out of his weapons. So, you know, I don't think that Tom Brady's move to the NFC had anything to do with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, you know, at the end of the day, to win a Super Bowl, which is the ultimate goal, um, you know, you're going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes. And uh, we'll see if you can do that in two Sundays from now. All right, switching gears to the NBA, one of the, the last night the Lakers played the Philadelphia 76ers on the road. 76ers, one of the best teams in the East right now. I think they have the best record. Um, Lakers had a had a nice road winning streak going on, but it was snapped last night, 107-106. Um, Tobias Harris hit a game-winning three at the end to seal the deal. But the thing from this game that uh, I guess like was the big headline or the thing that popped up on my feed was the was the flagrant foul from LeBron James on Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid was saying that, you know, LeBron should be ejected because it was a dangerous play and that if he had done that play, um, it would be whoop, random jump to the future. Sorry, I'm in my studio here at work and they got 
interrupted in the middle of that broadcast. But I think I was talking about Joel Embiid, the flagrant foul with LeBron James. And, you know, he was really upset thinking that it was if he had done that foul, it would have been a flagrant foul or he would have been ejected. But to me, I mean, you look at the play. And obviously, when a seven foot, two hundred and sixty pound guy is going up, and if you put your hand on him or give him a slight nudge, that's going to change his trajectory, and it might, you know, he might fall. And especially, you know, Embiid fell, landed on his back, and he's someone that's been having back issues. I think he missed the previous game with a back issue, and now you know he's got a tight back, so we don't know if he's going to play the next game. But I mean, if you look at the play, and I mean, if you're going to call that like a really hard, dirty foul. I mean, I think it's, that's, I think that was kind of a weak assessment. I think Joel Embiid needs to be a little tougher because I mean, if when you're looking at like, I guess it's all relative, maybe in basketball nowadays, that's, that's considered a weak foul. But I think that that's why, you know, when a lot of people are favoring old school basketball players and then when there's the debate over LeBron James and Michael Jordan and they're like, dude, the players nowadays are way too soft. And it's like, dude, it's shit like this that like kind of gives that more credit because I mean, Joel Embiid is seven feet. You know, he's a very charismatic guy. A lot of people like to compare him to Shaq because you know he's a he's a big man, good personality, and he's so dominant. I mean, he got to the free throw line last night thirteen times and he hit eleven of them. So he's going to the free throw line a lot because let's be real, when you're that big and dominant, there's not much you can do. And I mean, I think last week against the Celtics, he went to the free throw line 21 times. So, I mean, this is a big dude that, you know, people are putting bodies on in the paint. And I mean, let's be real, like with LeBron James, it was, I don't think it was that big of a deal. You know, if you want to see something dirty, look at like, you know, stuff that like Kurt Rambis from the 80s, literally like clotheslining a dude, you know, the bad boy Pistons, literally punching people in the face. Like that's dirty, you know? I think that, let's be real, these are professional basketball players. It's a physical game. And if you're a physical player, you're a big dude, you're going to have to expect that you're going to get banged a little bit. And, you know, just being honestly a whiny little bitch after and like, oh, LeBron, it's like, let's be real, dude. Like, come on, like, you're bigger than LeBron. LeBron gets honestly hacked so much driving the lane. It's like, dude, that's just the nature of a big man. And I'd rather see like my superstars and people just, you know, kind of, I don't know, just kind of take it, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know, maybe I'd be speaking something different if I was Joel Embiid and, you know, I was hurt all the time and, um, you know, people are, are sending me to the free throw line because that's the only way to stop me. But at the end of the day, I don't know what other people are supposed to do when this guy's in the lane. So um, hopefully Joel Embiid can, you know, I don't know. Just kind of just kind of own up to it and just, you know, it's like shut up and keep playing, dude. And speaking of Shaq, I mentioned earlier, uh, it seems like he's been in the news a little lately because, well, not lately, but it seems like he's always in the news. But one of the things is that, you know, he's on uh, TNT, always analyzing basketball, and he's pretty outspoken. One of the things that's brought him in the news re- recently is uh, he was critiquing Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't having any of it. And uh, when recently asked about his harsh criticism of the current players, Shaq is just basically like, I know what the best look like. And the thing is, is like, that's, I, I, I mentioned on the Remembering Kobe podcast that I didn't grow up the biggest fan of Shaq. But at the end of the day, dude, like Shaq is an analyst and Shaq is considered one of the all time greats. 
And if you want an analyst, like they're going to call it how they see it. You may not agree with Shaq's assessment of some of these guys and think he's being hard. But at the end of the day, you know, Shaq's entitled to his opinion. He's paid for his opinion. And, you know, I don't want him to be sugarcoating anything. If that's what he thinks about these people, then uh, I want him to speak his mind. On the topic of the Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight, uh, Jake Paul had an interview with Ariel Hawani yesterday, and I thought it was very it was very interesting, and there was some nice fodder, and uh, Jake Paul doing what he does best, what the Paul bros do best, is trolling and getting clicks. He was telling Ariel Hawani, quote, that boxing is an art and that MMA is a brawl. He thinks that Ben Askren isn't even going to touch him. He was talking about how in his fights he's so technically good that he hasn't even been touched, that maybe Nate Robinson hit him once. He thinks that he's going to take out Ben Askren so quick, thinking that MMA fighters are too busy being well-diverse and throwing elbows and doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and not just boxing, and that Ben Askren is bit off more than he can chew with him. But, you know, I, my assessment of Jake Paul saying that he's never been hit is he hasn't fought anyone real. Like, let's be real. Ben Askren is a real fighter. Look at his face. It looks like it's been hit with a shovel. I don't care if it's been mostly wrestling. This is a guy that, you know, for over 10 years has been training MMA. MMA has striking, okay? So let's think about it. If Jake Paul has been boxing for only two years, okay? And let's say Ben Askren, he's a wrestler. Let's say he does jujitsu. Let's say he does kickboxing. And let's say he does boxing. That's four disciplines. Okay. If he's doing each of those, maybe 25% of the time, let's say we're splitting it up evenly, you know, that's still more boxing than Jake Paul's ever had in his career. Okay. Let's be real. Ben Askren is an elite level wrestler. I don't think when he was training for his MMA fights, of course, when he was sparring, going over a game plan, his game plan was to wrestle. But let's be real. He knows how to wrestle. And when a lot of these guys are super elite, they're not just constantly doing wrestling practice because he doesn't need to do wrestling practice. He knows what that's about. You know, this is a guy that he was training out at Duke Rufus in, in Milwaukee. And Duke Rufus is a kickboxing academy. So, you know, this is a guy that I'm sure is eating punches. I'm sure knows how to throw a punch. And like I said, Jake Paul, I know that this is just him trolling and he having a big mouth and trying to talk people into a room because let's be real. I know there's a lot of MMA people that probably just are into a frenzy about, you know, talking crap about Jake Paul, thinking that, oh, you know, who's this rich guy? But at the end of the day, he knows what he's doing. He's playing the Floyd Mayweather game. He had the nice chain on, the nice watch, the all the jewel. He was all iced out, you know, and I love it. I'm probably going to order this fight just because of the spectacle. It's going to be good. But like I said, my opinion hasn't changed since I last covered the fight. I think that Jake Paul's bitten off more than he can chew. And I think Ben Askren's going to kick his ass. And last sports topic, obligatory Red Sox talk. Baseball writers of America have asked the Hall of Fame to keep Kurt Schilling on the ballot. So what I covered yesterday in the Kurt Schilling episode is that, you know, Kurt Schilling was so upset that not making it on his ninth year on the ballot that he's just asking to be removed in general. Um, I think it's pretty interesting that the baseball writers are making a plea like, no, leave Kurt on the ballot because it's like, what, one of two options? Like, oh, we we want him to get in on the 10th time, just like not the ninth time. Our opinion's going to change next year. Or it's like we want to keep him on the ballot because we want to spitefully vote him like 
vote him out a tenth time. So I think it's stupid. I think the baseball writers of America are, are entitled bitches. And, you know, I don't even think that they should really be having that much of a say in who gets in the Hall of Fame. It should be the players that played with these guys, played against these guys, the coaches. Um, yeah. So that being said, that was episode number 10. I'm so happy there for anyone that's been listening. I've, you know, I, through nine episodes, I had 65 downloads across. So I'm, that's way more than I expected. So I'm so thankful. Thank you for everybody. Um, anyone listening on Apple Podcasts, um, if you can leave a five-star review, that'd be pretty dope. Um, it would totally help me out. And, you know, I appreciate it. You know, 10 episodes in, I'm pretty pumped. My goal when I started this is I wanted to record at least something every day for 30 days. So I'm still on that trajectory. And I hope to keep bringing you guys, you know, either breaking sports news or you know, my opinion on the latest sports topic or what's going to be the sports topic of the day. So, you know, hope you guys have a great one. Appreciate you all. And until next time, have a good one. Peace.